turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. says that it's right to do these things. Our government says it's right to do these things. Hollywood says it's all right. And so unsafe people just go along with this. They agree. This is what we believe too. What changed? Well, morality didn't change, but it's the course of the world. This is exactly what Paul is saying. Unsafe people walk according to the course of the world. And if our government and media and newspapers said something else, they'd go along with that. Have you ever heard your parents ask you the famous old question, if your friend's parents all let them jump off a cliff, would you jump too? (laughs) Maybe you've asked your kids the same question. I'm pretty sure I must have asked it many times myself. Peer pressure can be a tremendous influence on us, even as adults. And this is one of Satan's primary tools in keeping people from trusting in Jesus. Hi, welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're studying Ephesians chapter 2 and the power of God in salvation. Why is it that we would rather follow the example set by the world around us than that set by the Lord Jesus? Well, for one thing, it's because we are spiritually dead and unable to respond to God until He gives us that ability. Our passage begins with the Apostle Paul telling us, You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Here's Pastor Steve now to continue the message he began in our last class, the second message in this series about God's power in our salvation. Now, folks, let me tell you why so many people, including some Christians, object to this doctrine of man being dead in his sins and trespasses, and therefore being powerless to respond to God on their own. It's because this teaching has a very low view of man. That's why. It's contrary to what he likes to think about himself as being great and exalted. And he's offended to hear that he's a dead and powerless creature. That's not, that's not good for his self-esteem. That he's unable to respond to God. He wants to think of himself as free free to do anything he wants to do, even accept God if he chooses to do so. But tied together with the truth that man is dead in his sins and trespasses is the biblical doctrine that man's will is not free to choose God because his will is in bondage to his sin. Therefore, he doesn't have the capacity to choose God. He is absolutely incapable of, of choosing God. All he can do is choose the way that he is going to express his sin. That's a hard doctrine 
to receive. But that's precisely what scripture teaches. Romans 8 verse 7 says, because, and I paraphrased it earlier, but Paul said, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. It's not able to do it. It doesn't want to do it. It's not able to do it. See, the only man who ever had a free will was Adam before the fall. He had a free will. He could choose to follow the Lord or, or not. But once Adam sinned and fell, not only did he lose his free will, but everyone after him lost a free will because we became slaves to sin. We have a sin nature which put us in the perpetual state of being dead in sins and trespasses. And the proof that all men prior to conversion are spiritually dead and slaves of their own sin, existing in the realm of their sins and trespasses, the proof is the way that we once lived before our salvation, the way that we conducted ourselves before Christ by his power saved us. Now let's move on, because notice how Paul describes as he moves on in verse 2, the way that we once lived. He says, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. Now, first of all, Paul says that before our conversion, we walked in our trespasses and sins. Before he said we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Now he says that we walked in them And we walked in them according to the course of this world. Now, what does Paul mean by this? Well, Paul is using the word walk, not in the sense of physically walking, but in the sense of behavior, our lifestyle, the way we carried ourselves, our conduct. And he's using the word world to speak not of the created physical world, but rather of the world's value system. The way the unsaved world of people, how they think, how they look at things. In other words, their outlook. What we would call the secular world. Society without God. That's what he's talking about. Now, Paul says that all unsaved people walk according to the course of this world, which means that they live according to the spirit of this age, which is an attitude that is governed by shutting God out of all things. In fact, in Galatians 1.4, he speaks of this, this present evil age. That's what he's talking about here. It's an attitude, the world that we live in has an attitude of shutting God out of things, living by its own set of values and outlook, its own mentality. It's a world without God. It may give lip service to God, but it's basically a world of rebellious people who do things without God. See, this is why unsaved people, and and this is a profound truth, but this is why unsaved people are so similar in so many ways. Similar in their outlooks, why they believe and think so often alike, what their values are very similar. What they believe and think is dictated to them by the latest that's on television, the internet, the news media, films. It's what John Stott referred to as cultural bondage. Cultural bondage. The culture sets their values. They think and believe whatever their culture tells them to think 
and believe because they walk, as Paul says, according to the course of this world, which has its own ungodly ways of looking at things and thinking about things. You see, there's not one unsaved person who's going to agree with you and with me about the gospel. There's not one unsaved person who's going to agree with us in total about the Bible, about God's righteousness, about God's holiness, about God's morality, about God's justice, about the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. They're they're just not going to agree, not in their hearts. And the reason for this is because they all walk according to the same outlook and viewpoint and value system. They walk according to the course of this evil world. This is why Jesus said to his followers in John 15, he said, if you were of the world, the world would love you because the world loves its own. But you're not of the world, for I've taken you out of the world, meaning this. I have saved you, and I have transformed you, so that you are now different from those in the world. Therefore, the world hates you, because you're not like them. You don't walk the way they walk. You don't think the way they think. You have different goals and desires and ambitions, and that's not the way they are. Here's an interesting statement I pulled out of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones' commentary on Ephesians. He wrote this, The apostle's statement here is that the man who is not a Christian is a man who is simply governed and controlled by the world, its mind, its outlook, its mentality. He writes, I know of nothing which is more sad about man in sin than just that. You see it all in your newspapers. Is it not sad to see the way people are governed entirely by what other people think and say and do? They're sorry for those of us who are Christians. They say, fancy shutting themselves down to that one book, those narrow, miserable Christians. So speaks, he says, the so-called broad-minded man of the world. How subtle the devil is to persuade people of that. For their little life is entirely controlled by the organization of the world. Most lives are being controlled by it and governed by it. All their opinions, their language, the way they spend their money, what they desire, where they go, etc., See, there's absolutely nothing free about unsaved man. He, he is only able to walk in his trespasses and sins. That's not freedom. He lives his life in rebellion towards God, which is reflected in his desires, his values, his ambitions in life, his attitudes, his goals, his morality. He is bound to believe and do as his culture tells him to do. And it fluctuates. It changes. And let me illustrate this for you. Let me illustrate it by the way the world has recently, and I mean very recent, recently embraced homosexuality and same-sex marriage and transgender behavior. It wasn't too long ago when our world, our society, rejected all that. They said that behavior is wrong. It's deviant. It's, It's unnatural. It's immoral. But that's not the way the world sees it now. In a very brief span of time, it has changed. Why? Well, the media says that it's right to do these things. Our government says it's right to do these things. Hollywood says it's all right. And so unsaved people just go along with this. They agree. This is what we believe too. What changed? Well, morality didn't change, but it's the course of the world. 
This is exactly what Paul is saying. Unsaved people walk according to the course of the world. And if our government and media and newspapers said something else, they'd go along with that. Unsaved people walk according to the course of the world because they have no mind other than a spiritually dead mind. And so they just go along with what their culture tells them to believe. It's almost as if the unsaved of our world have no mind of their own because they are not free. Not saying they're not intelligent, but they're not free to think outside the realm of their trespasses and sins. That's the problem. And that's the way every non-Christian walks because that's the spirit of this age. Rebellion towards God in whatever form it takes. And, And there's a reason for this. Paul speaks of this. The reason that the unsaved of this world all walk in rebellion towards God. Some may be in their own religion, but yet rebellious. It's not to say they're not religious, but all walk in rebellion towards God and follow whatever society tells them to believe and do. It's because they are following the leadership of the God of this world, none other than Satan himself. Let's read on what Paul says in verse 2, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, and then he adds, according to the prince of the power of the air. Paul tells us that not only did we used to live as the world dictated that we lived and thought, but in living like this, we were living as Satan dictated that we live, even if we've never believed in the existence of Satan. Even if we never believe that, many people, in fact, most people who are unsaved probably would say that they don't believe in a personal devil, but they still follow him unwittingly. They still follow him. See, the Bible teaches that Satan, commonly known as the devil, is the ruler of this world. He is the prince of this world. Paul referred to him in Second. Corinthians 4.4, as the God of this world, Paul writes, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So, as the God of this world, of course we know Satan is opposed to everything that God is in favor of. So, as the God of this world, Satan exerts his influence of ungodliness and rebellion on society so that the philosophies of this world, the views of this world, the attitudes of this world, the ideologies of this world are all satanic, all satanic. And Satan influences unsaved men to embrace them, and they have no problem embracing them. Why? Because being sinners, they agree with these values. They agree with it. It doesn't go against what they want to agree with. Their hearts are very fertile to accept these demonic influences. And Satan's influence is so pervasive because he does have a host of demons who work with him at influencing society. Now, I don't understand exactly how that works. It's in the spirit world. But demons influence people who make decisions that affect society. Notice that Paul calls him the prince of the power of the air. Now, what exactly does that mean? This, this expression posed a real problem many years ago when Moody Radio went on the air. Yes, there were people who said we should never be in radio because it's the airwaves and Satan controls it. Well, that's silly. What does Paul mean by this? Well, I think he explains 
what he means by this in Ephesians 6, verse 12. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's not where the battle is. But it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's talking about demons. Apparently, there are ranks of demons in Satan's army. So, what Paul means by this is that Satan rules over demons coming in at various levels who operate in the realm above the earth. I take it that's what he means when he says the heavenly places, our atmosphere. Paul called it the heavenly places. And they operate there, unseen, of course, by us. We don't see these demons. And they operate there above the earth in close proximity to the earth in order to prey upon unsaved, lost people and society and to spread their demonic influence of evil in the world that we live in. That's why we say that unsaved people are not free. Not at all. They are under the control of Satan and demons who prey upon lost humanity, even though they don't realize it. That's precisely why Paul ends verse 2 with this statement. Of the spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. It's now continuing to work. It used to work in our lives, but... We, by God's power, have been saved, but it's now working in the sons of disobedience, unsaved. Now, understand, when Paul says he speaks of the spirit here, he isn't talking about Satan being a spirit being. Now, Satan is a spirit being, but that's not what Paul is is talking about. I, I take it that spirit should be little s. Rather, what he's saying is that Satan influences the spirit in all unsaved people. That is to say that Satan controls the thinking, the actions of the unsaved, spiritually dead people. Their very being, the spirit, what makes them tick. And that's the way it used to be with all of us. We were all characterized at one time, if you don't know Christ, as sons of disobedience. We were all characterized when we were unsaved. If you don't know Christ, you're still characterized by a son of disobedience. All unconverted people were like that because we were all dead. We were all hostile. We were all rebellious. We are all disobedient sinners controlled by society, Satan, and demons. And we didn't even know it. We were once so deceived that we were deceived into thinking that we were free to make our own decisions. Now, in these opening verses of Ephesians 2, Paul is making quite a case He's making a case to show us how powerless we once were. Folks, that's his point. And and he's doing it to reveal how powerful God is. To think that these dead, rebellious followers of evil society and Satan, to think that God, by his power, has brought about life and salvation. What does that do? It leads us to praise him. When you realize how dead you were, how far you were, how lost you were, how evil you were, how unwittingly you followed whatever society said, and they follow whatever Satan said, when you realized how far we were away from God, hopeless in the world, and you understand what God has done, he has brought life to this death. How can you not praise him? How can you not boast in him? 
That's where Paul is going with this. That's why salvation is by grace through faith alone so that we might not boast about anything we've done. How could we boast? We were dead. And if left dead in our sins and trespasses, we would be on our way to hell. So if you are still dead in your trespasses and sins and you have never accepted Christ, then I urge you, cry out to God for his mercy. If God is at work in your heart, if he's giving you a desire to to turn to Christ, to trust him, do it. Do it now. Trust him now. Make sure, as the Lord is working in your heart, to not harden your heart. Turn to him now, because dead people apart from God's work of grace cannot be saved. Let's bow for prayer. I want you in your hearts to just think about what you've heard tonight. How lost you once were. If you know Christ, this is the time. Give him praise. Thank him for demonstrating his power. You had nothing to do with your salvation. You were dead. Dead people don't have the power to believe. Dead people don't have the power to repent. They're dead. We were dead. God, by his mercy and by his power, regenerated you. He brought you life. He opened your heart. That's why this passage is so important. If you don't understand what God has done, the mechanism of salvation, you'll not appreciate who he is, what his power is about, what his grace really is, why it was so needed, why his mercy is so important. So give him praise. And if you still don't know Christ, turn to him. Understand your lost, dead condition And only the Lord can help you to understand that. But if he's given you a glimpse of that, then run to him. Trust him. Father, thank you for, thank you for your power. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, intervening in our lives, not letting us continue in this, in our sins and trespasses, being duped by our society, which is duped and deceived by Satan. Lord, we are grateful, so grateful. And for all of eternity, we're going to be praising you for this because we'll be, we'll be recognizing more about you than we, than we ever have on earth. So I pray, Lord, that you'll take these truths, help us to not only out of these truths praise you, but help us to be understanding about the world we, we live in, to not be surprised by the, the turn of evil in these recent days, To not be shocked and naive and gullible about this, but to understand what's really happening. And Lord, we pray, we all have friends, we all have relatives, we all have neighbors that we would like to see saved, and we pray for them, Lord. We pray that you will open the eyes of some of the people that we've been sharing the gospel with, that we desire to see come to Christ, and that there'll be, Lord, even a revival of people in, in our world, in our day, in our, with our contacts, to come to faith. We ask you to do that because you're the only one who can do that. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If God's been working in your heart and you'd like to talk with someone about salvation, or maybe you just trusted Christ and want to tell someone about that, we'd be happy to hear from you. You can call us at 727-239-239. 0306. That's 727 239 0306. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, and we are a listener supported ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. 
Our teacher is Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside. You can learn more about Lakeside at www.lakesidechapel.com. We're deeply grateful for the generous listeners whose gifts help fund these broadcasts. If you'd like to give too, it's simple to do at our website, firstbyverseradio.org. Also on the website is a page with hundreds of previous broadcasts that you can download or stream at no charge. That web address, once more, is versebyverseradio.org. If you'd like to order a CD with the entire message, call us at the number I gave earlier, 727-239-0306. And I should add that if you do call outside of business hours or you get the answering machine, just leave your name and a daytime phone number and we'll get back to you. We like to think of ourselves and our friends as basically good. Most of us are brought up by parents who tried to instill in us a sense that we are good and we should act that way. Of course, once we come to Christ, we do gain a certain goodness, but that's an imputed goodness given to us by Jesus as he covers our sin with his blood and hides it, so to speak. Underneath, though, we're still waiting for that final transformation when Jesus comes back to finish the redemption of his creation, including us. But in our natural state, from the moment we're born until the moment we put our faith in the Lord Jesus, the Bible says we are children of wrath. That's a sobering thought, and one that many of us don't like. This is Jerry Peterson. On behalf of Pastor Steve Kreloff and all the rest of us at Verse by Verse, I invite you to tune in next time as Pastor Steve continues to unpack this message in Ephesians 2, describing the mighty power of God in our salvation. Encouraging you in Christ. Long before the pain, God was there. Long before the struggle, God was there. Someone want to ask somebody that was going through a trial, this is, where was God when the tragedy happened? The answer was the same place he was when it was all good. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN.